Welcome to the Free Range Buffalo. Break free from the herd. Today's episode, I'm joined once again with my partner in crime, Michael Morris. Bonjour. Salut. Uh, no, this is in English all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to talk about uh, some interesting things. We're going we're to take apart a little I bit of that a... for government grants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only we qualified. Uh, for any uh, anyone who works for the government and knows how we can qualify for a grant, please reach out to Michael Morris, www.iwantfreegrants.com. Uh, no, today we're going to talk about uh, you know a, a very popular song that's very you know kind of always speaks to me. And I, I, I was listening to it the other day. Uh, it's a Tears for Fears song. I'm, I'm going to play you a, a cover from not Tears for Fears, um, but uh, it really really kind of grabs me when you know every time I actually listen to the lyrics. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's a really good uh, talking point for all of us, kind of the age that we always live in. Okay, so with no further ado. Everybody wants to rule the world. Now, when Tears for Fears came out and uh, sang that, I think everyone was really, uh, I mean, great, great hit, you know, very, like the most quintessential of all 80s songs, you know, the pop synth and everyone's very cool little hooks and music musically was quite clever. But what's made it timeless for me is just the lyrics. Everyone, everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's power. Right, everybody wants more power than they have currently. I don't know anybody that doesn't. Well, for those who subscribe to the uh, Judeo-Christian ethic, I always think this is this is quite funny because I'm I'm quite familiar with that. That's my cultural tradition, and um, the re the the penultimate sin, the original sin uh, that was committed. Uh, you know, say okay, well, it's eating from the tree of uh, knowledge of good knowledge. and evil. But that's actually not the sin. That's the act. And, 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 but the actual sin was when uh, the serpent convinced Eve that she could be the equal of God, that she could rule the world, and then convinced her husband, Adam, that she, he too could rule the world. That's the sin of man. And that's why everyone in, in the Christian tradition always talks about how it is pride as the as the originator of all sin, and that song encapsulates the ultimate pride that every person who has walked the earth from the beginning and then till the end, regardless of your faith, I'm telling you, it's it's that idea that every person in their heart, secret heart, says, "I should rule the world." The problem with this is I'm not in charge. When you've broken that down like that, I've known that from a, a fundamental point of view. From growing up in, in a Christian uh, family, right, and having Christian beliefs, right. Yet, I've never maybe understood the that way. Mm. I, I've read uh, Robert Greene's Forty Eight Laws of Power, and it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant book. I recommend anyone that's listening to this, the four people out there, <laughs> to, <laughs> to to read that book. And, yeah. and it talks about. How do you gain power? How to uh, defend yourself against power? And, and I think 
where it becomes perverted it, uh, with what you said yeah. is that we equate power to equivalency of God. And uh, while we have that divine spark, we have a piece of him in us. Mm. We have never, we will never achieve that level. And I think that it, it can become, di- uh, not diluted, diverted, mm. uh, and go off into its own ends. Because once you have power, you, you have a lot of, you have a lot of things, you have options, right? I, I, oh, that's yeah. what power is, is, is essentially options. So- so, so how does this book that because they, they, I'm not familiar with it, how does that equate or go up against the, you know the, the classic Renaissance uh, book on power, Machiavelli's The Prince? Well, it, it quotes it quite a bit. <laughs> of course, the original <laughs> novel of how to uh, how to take and acquire it, power it, with it, no it, moral background. I, I yeah. think we we could do another episode on a, on a book report of that. It's uh, the oh, 48, sure. 48 laws, and and it breaks it down in in uh, different structures and how to achieve it, how mm. to uh, defend yourself against it. Sure. Going back to the song and, and what you had said about everybody wants to rule the world. I think that's a natural inclination in humans. Right. And, and I guess maybe the the story of Eden, the story mm-hmm. of Adam and right. Eve, is a cautionary tale against when it goes too far. It's almost like the, uh, the Icarus story mm. in the sense of flying too high. Right. You'll get too close to the sun. Now, mm. the corollary of that in the Icarus story was flying too low. Which right. is something that's left out of the mythology that that's common knowledge now, is they said don't fly too high, but don't fly too low as well, because a sea spray will will rise up. Oh, so, and, yeah, and 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 then they'll wash the feathers off, and you'll still die. Right, right. So, so there's almost a middle ground that that's reasonable, for according to the Greeks. According to the <laughs> Greeks, who you know, well, hey, you know, yeah. uh, and and yet. Uh, I think, yeah, everybody does want to rule the world. Yes. And that has uh, some dangerous implications. However, it it also spurs us to achieve higher. Mm. The fact that we want to rule the world, the fact that I I want to increase my power, my control over my life. When we break it down, yes, we're we're sovereign people. We have freedom of choice and things like that. Different people have different levels of that, and that's based on power. However, we all want a little bit more. So, so it's interesting. Even in your language, you speak like as someone who's been completely inoculated by proper democratic philosophy <laughs> and belief. You know, you, you know, you speak about the divine spark. You know, which is something I, I love that Jordan Peterson. Uh, for those who aren't listening to Jordan Peterson, turn off this podcast right now and, and, and get familiar with him because he that, that guy's the master. But Jordan Peterson is always you know he, he brought that back in the lexicon, the divine spark, you know, the, which is the ultimate understanding of how the triumph of the individual. But then you're also speaking about power. Now, actual power is to have power over another person. That really is what we're talking about here. That's that's what power is. To to rule the world is not to rule have dominion over nature you're not going to command the skies and you know to to, to rain or for the sun to shine well or for, that's, or, or, that's or, or, or what they're trying to wait. argue right now well, with the climate change thing well, however continue. well yes let's not go yeah. down that path yet we'll we'll have a chance there but really you're not getting you're not getting the weather machine you're not getting the earthquake machine you're not you don't we haven't yet to master the fundamentals parts of nature although we do some pretty good stuff so what we're really talking about is the do, dominion of one person over another 
And I, I believe that everyone really does want to dominate another person, or at least they think they do. But I think that's also goes into why it's so clever, you know, go back to your statements about being, you know, you're such a good little, you know, raised up such a good Democrat, not in the American label, but as a small d, Democratic. Uh, and that is to say that... There's so many jokes. Yeah, I know, it's so good. <laughs> uh, but the, 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 the funny part is, is that out of this, our system that we have, being, a, being democratic, is that we have set up a system where no one is actually supposed to have dominion over you. At least if you're an American, that's how they set it up in Canada, where we don't use quite the same language. But if you're in a democratic country, the idea is, is that the state and the government doesn't dominate you. They are there in service of you, that the sovereign is actually is, is the amalgamation of all the people. So that every person, in fact, is sovereign, that there is no power over you because every person can have power over themselves. Well, what you just said there is if everybody wants to rule the world, uh, it's a Jordan Peterson thing. Clean your room first. Right? Clean your so, room first. If, so if, if I love if, that. If you gain power over yourself, mm-hmm. we were talking about incentivizations earlier. Right. And a lot of that is, is the self-realization. If you can't master yourself, how are you supposed to expect to rule over other people? Now, in a, in a democratic society, I think one of the things the founding fathers of the state's big <clears throat> principles was mm-hmm. liberty. Yes, which is freedom and, uh, with responsibility. That's the definition of liberty. Freedom with responsibility. You bet. Well, well, liberty and responsibility go hand in hand. Well, well if you have liberty, yeah. you have to accept the responsibility yes. of your choices, yep. be it good or bad. And, and so within that, even in a democratic society, yes, I, I fully agree that a government should not lord over you. Unfortunately, mm. that seems to be the trend in the nudging state and, and, well, and coercion, and so that's not true liberty. So this comes into the dichotomy of how we've set up, we've set up this, this system within that has tension. Because in order for us to live within a society, within other people, there has to be a surrendering of each of one of ours personal sovereignty to larger organizations in order for us to cohabitate. Right, you you have to surrender some sovereignty to the police and to the municipalities that they can create ordinances and bylaws and rules for us to live within a city. Roger that. Then you'd have to submit a certain amount of your sovereignty to a, a, a provincial state or you know province or state, depending on your region, and then to a larger national uh, organization. And each step is is a surrendering of your sovereignty, but you do it within this contract that you're going to have a say within it. And that you're going to be able to that they can't um, limit your own sovereignty, like, like they can't do wrongful um, yeah. imprisonment. That, that you have a right to due process, and that and, and all, all of the other pillars that you have within a democratic country. But what it really speaks to, so you have the individual on one side, and you have the state on the other, or or not not the state. Sorry, that's misspeaking. The individual versus group, and which one's paramount? And when everybody wants to rule the world, in order for you to rule over people, you have to group them. And you have to, and, and then once you have them in a group, then you, then you run them. But going back even further, okay, so we, so we have this tendency to 
and we're also social animals, so we don't even have a problem being in groups. We don't. I mean, actually, I mean, no, in, no individual can live in isolation. No man's an island. So we have this group tendency, and then we have this, this concept that everybody wants to rule the world. Everyone wants to be in, in, in command. Everyone wants to be in charge. I mean, this is, this is why communism was the biggest fail in the Soviet Union, was that everyone still wanted to rule the world. So they, they grouped everyone together, and then it was a contest to see who was going to be in charge. Well, if we're honest with ourselves, there are some people that shouldn't even bother with trying to rule the world. Oh, no, the vast majority of people should. I, well, I still think I should. <laughs> well, everyone still thinks they should, but my, my first challenge to anyone who thinks that they should take any kind of leadership role in society doesn't matter whether it's a social club whether it's in your town whether your village or your province your state or whatever you're what you want to be a leader going back to what you what you quoted and i mean this i think i might get tattooed on the inside of my arm clean your room (laughs) clean your room master yourself first so let's go through the litany of of you know rather than talking in abstract let's talk about in specifics there are some amazing examples of people trying to rule the world who have no business being, I think, I would question their utility being in the world. Yeah, that, there definitely is. That. I, I believe power and ability can get separated. Mm. Uh, it goes back to kind of incentives, uh, psychology and all those things. Sure. Yet, I, you said something there that sparked something in, in my mind, and it's that the people that might be deserving to rule the world mm. are the ones that aren't actually trying. What I mean by that is that they've given a vision to others mm-hmm. to adhere to, right? to rise up to. Uh, you could look at Martin Luther King, Gandhi, JFK, uh, Nelson Mandela, all of those people gave others a vision. Mm-hmm. They ended up ruling or having power. Mm-hmm. Yet it was never about that as the end goal. Right. It was. The, it was the accomplishment of their vision. It was the. It was the vision, and I think that's where the failure is uh, today. Is that if you look at uh, in Canada, right, specifically, yep, there. There lacks our vision. There's nobody in, in our political realm mm-hmm. or as a business leader or, or really anywhere else that's saying, hey, this is what we're going for. This is what we're working towards. You know, if you're on a football team, uh, your goal is to win the trophy, right? That, right. Uh, that's your goal. Right. Well, if the trophy is not defined, it's up to someone to define that for you. And yet there's been nobody to do that. They're just, uh, what's happening now is, oh, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's mm-hmm. wrong. And there's no, there's nobody that's come up, hey, I have this vision. This is what we're going to work towards. Because you know what? If, if you're my team captain, you say, hey, we're going to do this. There's some parts that are going to suck. But this is what we're going for. And this is why it's got to suck a little bit. That's it's, it's not politically expedient. No, no, no. And yet, that is what will rally human beings to achieve more than they. Well, so what we have here, then you know, what you're 
talking about in our current reality or our current political situation is that we have at least by surface measurement. Now, I don't know. I mean, this might also be a function of, of how we've structured our system that doesn't allow a, enough people um, who are within the power structure a chance to express their vision, maybe. But what it seems to me is that those people who, are, who have achieved a high enough level of power and authority in our society they are there more as an expression of their desire for power, for their will, a willingness to rule the world, or at least their chunk of it, rather than having a reason for it, a vision for it, which is the, the, the fuel for them to be in that position. You know, I, I think cart before the horse, if, I, if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly. You are. And I think there's two things to that. Mm. I, th- I think one, sometimes people do get into um, politics or pursue positions of power right? because of ideals. Mm-hmm. And so th- they are idealistic when they get into it. Mm-hmm. However, power as a rule needs to feed on itself. Once you have power, you do not want to give it up. It's, it's riding on the tiger's back. And so I think sometimes what happens in those cases is people enter idealistically. Mm-hmm. They find uh, maybe frustration because maybe their vision wasn't concrete or maybe maybe they didn't even have a vision. They just thought, hey, this is idealism. So or, then they or, get or, in or, and then the, the individual incentives yeah. for power uh, supersede whatever vision you had before. I'd even jump in there and say, because I know I know of several people who have climbed relatively high within the power structure, and a lot of them, if they don't have an external vision, a certain external goal of what they want to achieve, what they do, almost to a person, what they do project is that they have a belief in their moral correctness, so that I don't need to have a vision because I'm actually a very good person intrinsically i'm I'm, so i will be able to therefore i should be in power because it doesn't matter what happens around me i will be able to make the right choice and therefore i do need to be there Mm -hmm. which goes back to your earlier point about uh pride right yes i go with before the fall and 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 again i I, how i would argue it is that I i still find that a little bit backwards let's say a little bit almost completely you need to have what, what do you want to make out of this? Clean your room. Understand, because most people have a very incorrect view of themselves, actually. Mm-hmm. If, if people were really honest with who they really are, it's to say that you're both angel and demon. You're capable of, it, does, it, it can happen within one day, the same day where you do an act of really good for, for someone, like uh, an act of pure charity, altruistic. Someone might not even find out. And you, and, you, and you say, yeah, I'm a good person. But if you're also really honest, you've done something really horrible in that day too. You know, whether you've said an unkind word to your child, maybe you did something unkind to your, your, your loved, some loved one, or a random stranger where you've done something quite horrible. And that's the nature of people. And I think where people blind themselves is not being honest about how, how monstrous they can be. They, they might say, I mean, both views of them uh, of a person are both equally incorrect. 
some people can be really always obsessive with the extremes of their own personality. I'm well, I'm a horrible human being. I can't do anything. Yeah, you are horrible, but you're also really good and you're capable of doing amazingly good things. But because you're not cleaning your room, by the, and, and, and by that, it's not just your physical room. You're cleaning up yourself and not understanding yourself, understanding what's driving you, what's incentivizing you. The more you can understand that, the more you can, and in that, you're probably going to find a vision of how to improve. Okay, you clean your room. Okay, well, what else, what else can I improve upon? Improve my house? Improve my relationships around me? What else can I do? And as those are building, you smart from the small and then, and then you, you, you let it grow organically big. And maybe if everyone were able to do that, that's how everyone ends up ruling the world. If you think about it. Yes. You clean your room, you master yourself, then you're able to expand out uh, concentric circles outside, outside. Mm-hmm. That's how and, you rule the world and uh, you might not be king. But you'll, but yeah, you'll, you're, you're going to rule you your world. mastery over the, your world. And you're, yeah, you will rule because your world. Because the rest world. is hubris. Absolutely. But yeah. And yeah, some, just a series of mirages. So, I mean, I, I take a look at, um, and, and not that I have a huge amount of t- time for, uh, but I look at the protesters, you know, and, and, and especially, and this is probably going to get me in a lot of trouble. But I take a look at the eco-activists. Now, I want to be, I, I love an environment that I'm going to pass on that's going to be cleaner for my children than it was for me. Just like my environment is actually cleaner than the ones that my parents had. You know, FDR in the 1930s would say, we're going to turn the skies gray with um, progress. You know, the River Thames in uh, flowed past London was so noxious and polluted back in the 1800s that uh, they had to adjourn Parliament in the summer because it was, uh, the smell would cause people to pass out. To well, get, uh, and all the bodies dumped in there yeah, for well, centuries before. Well, I mean, I mean but, but <laughs> even the chemical pollution, it, it would actually froth the top. I mean, it was actually wow. poisonous. You couldn't breathe. You, it would actually kill people, the, 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 the fumes coming off the Thames. Lovely. So, we need to be, so I, I use that as my caveat because everyone knows what's about to happen next. Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Edwin Bernays would be extremely proud of the job. Whoever created her, oh. uh, Edward Bernays is rolling over in his grave saying, yeah. yeah. You might want to explain to everyone what, what that means. Edwin Bernays is the uh, father of propaganda. Yeah. And so there's an example of someone who wants to rule the world. Maybe not her, but at least the handlers behind her. And she's got nothing other than the fact that she's a child from wealth and positions of power to, to, to justify anything that, that she's saying. And I feel really bad for her. I feel really bad for that, that, that entire situation. But I, I don't feel bad for, for her necessarily. Well, it's not going um, to work out well for her. It doesn't work out well for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm not, okay. I'm not so worried yeah. about that. Uh, that, that. That okay, you're right. I I've been checked. <laughs> you have to ask yourself uh, wh- why did she rise to prominence so fast? Yeah, and how she's actually. If, if you want to analyze her, it's it's a perfect propaganda tool. Mm. If you want to look at it through that lens, and what it is is it's a child. Mm-hmm. It's it's a female child. Mm-hmm. And she also happens to be autistic. Mm-hmm. So there is little 
that you can say against her. Now, I, I don't believe in ad hominem attacks. However, the defending side can conflate any attack against her as being, why would you attack a child? Why would you attack a child it, with autism, a female child? And, and she, it's, it's easily... She's it, made attack-proof j- just by her very nature. Exactly. Yes. Now, if we wanted to talk about what she says, uh, it's all hyperbole. Well, of course it is. <laughs> so, well, so well, you, you, you can't argue with physics. Well, I'm pretty sure that's what science is. You go and you test theories, and then sometimes that theory works. And if it's repeatable, then it's accepted until it's disproven. Absolutely. I mean, this in this example, I mean, this is going to sound like I'm going to start going on a bit of a diatribe, but in the, in the example of everyone wants to rule the world, I'm listening to uh, AOC in the Congress saying we have 12 years left. That hyperbole doesn't, that, that, that's completely, that's very unhelpful to anyone because it invalidates your own position. Human life will not stop to exist in 12 years. There's no chance of that. That was the Rome Convention or what was it? The, the Council of Rome in the 70s. Mm. Right? Yeah. They said, they said we'd be dead earlier. We all need to reread the Chicken Little stories <laughs> i think i i found that a very pro- profound um, experience in my uh, childhood that that stopped me from using hyperbole um and and i think we as everyone should be, be looking at that but but then i i take a look at all of us we also need to all look in the mirror too as, as we're cleaning our rooms who are we validating who are we listening to and you know you can listen to two people such as ourselves through the, the miracles of the of the interweb but you should also be with your own God-given reason, discerning whether or not what we're saying is of, of, of any valid points or of interest, you know, and, and, and I go back to how, how is truth revealed? Actually, it's, it's even how, how I, I framed it. I can't tell you a truth. Truth is revealed. It's something that you already know. That's how you know it's true is because when, when you say, and you hear something that is actually fundamentally true, it's like, well, I already knew that. Oh, Okay. So if there's any, if you're listening to this and there's something that you said, oh, I knew that already. Well, then that, 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 that would be a truism. If it's something that you have to be convinced about because you think you should or, oh, well, you know, it's, that sounds like it should be right, but uh, I'm not saying it's wrong. Just do your homework on it. If someone says the world's over in 12 years, is that a revealed truth to you? Yeah, you know what? That, that, that really matches up with how I see the world. Or... I think it's true because everyone else is saying it's true. That's different. So, completely different. Yeah. yeah. If the world's over in twelve years, and why? Why are we trying to? Why are we trying to fix it? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> that's, that's where the hubris comes in. In terms of uh, everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah. That's nonsense. If if that's the case, and we're going to die anyways. Look, dinosaurs are pretty ba. they didn't make it very far well i mean they uh they were in fact intact for 250 million years according to the record yeah and we've been around for you know since clear well well and and you talk about how there's a changing uh, consensus you know when you talk about the origin of humanity you know we're a species without memory i love that line species Hmm. without memory and there's archaeological evidence that is continuing to conflict which is the which is the case because we're having to rely on we're we're well past in the prehistory, you know I'm, you know 
Sumerian writings. I think I think as far back as we can kind of get is around the ten thousand, you know. And then you have you know the whole diluvian issues, and you know, depending on on, on which history you want to start reading, it starts getting very conflated, very confused. Well, and speaking of history, Dan Carlin, our boy, hardcore history, highly recommend. Yes, hardcore history, it. Dan Carlin, get on it. He's got a new book out. Uh, something it's all about how it's always been the end of the world yeah so it's, it's there's a name for it uh it's it's in it's, human it, it, nature it's, it's it's like this pursuit of the, it is a chicken little uh, yeah, phenomenon we, yeah we have this apocryphal uh apocryphal yes. uh nature where you know ever since the book of revelation was written it's about to happen yes and i'm sure it's it's even been before then oh no no yeah yeah i mean i mean that that's just the the, the record that's been passed down to us mm-hmm. so no and on that, you know, I think we should all be looking for some wisdom, some, you know, look before you leap. If you have access to some human wisdom and some ideas about how to make the world a better place, try it on yourself first. See how it feels. Rule your world. Rule your world. And on that... time to end for all of us here at the uh, free range buffalo roam free <laughs>